broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Coming to you live from the home studio, my man Damon Cotton's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, holding it down like he does each and every day. We definitely appreciate his efforts and excited about another day to talk uh, some Raider football, three hours long, three hours strong, coming off the heels of JT the Brick Show. Uh, he was live from uh, Intermount Healthcare Performance Center, the Raiders Podcast Center. Uh, That's fantastic. It's always great to do a show from there. It's always great to hear from the guests that he had, including GM Dave Ziegler, and it's funny, it's all going to tie in together, his show, my show, just kind of what we do around here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Got some real good guests to get to on today's show starting at 3 o'clock. Ted Wynn from The Athletic. Do a little bit of uh, film analysis, a little film breakdown with us uh, over the last couple of weeks of what he's seen from the Raiders' two wins, both against the Broncos and the Seattle Seahawks. What he saw from the passing game with Derek Carr and Devontae Adams. And of course what he's seen from the offensive line as they've paved the way for Josh Jacobs to do what he's done the last few weeks and of course have a monster game on Sunday against the Seattle Seahawks on his way to winning AFC offense the player of the week. Not a surprise. There should have been nobody, and I mean nobody, that was surprised that he won that award. I mean, there's just no chance that uh, someone's going to go for 303 yards, have two touchdowns, including a walk-off uh, touchdown like he did, the way he did on Sunday against Seattle, and not get that award. So uh, big up to Josh Jacobs for getting that. But Ted will just kind of join us to talk all things, like I said, film breakdown, how he's seeing this offensive line evolve. Uh, again, on Sunday, all five guys that started played 100% of the snaps, and I think that's a big deal that's kind of being glossed over because all season long it's been, okay, this guy's in here for the majority of the snaps, then another guy comes in for some other snaps. You know, and it just hasn't been it hasn't been consistent. And so on Sunday it was consistent. So want to know if that's kind of what Ted thinks is going to be the offensive line moving forward. So Ted Wynn from The Athletic joins us at 3 o'clock, do a little film breakdown. Coming up at 3.30, Joe Reedy from the AP. He'll join us to talk all things Chargers as we continue to prepare uh, you for the game on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium and talking about the team and what's the difference between who they were week one to who they're going to be on Sunday, which is week 13 of the NFL season. Again, it's crazy to even think that we're already into week 13. Sooner rather than later, we'll be talking about week 18 and the regular season being over, and then all of a sudden you got the playoffs, the Super Bowl, which will be in Arizona this year. Pretty excited about that. Already uh, booked our Airbnb trip for that. Already got our credential request in for the Super Bowl. So, you know, when you start getting those emails from the NFL and they start saying, all right, you got to get your request in now. All right, you got to get your rooms now. You got to do this. Start, uh, you know, setting up your travel you realize it's getting real. So excited about that. We got part of our trip already planned out uh, February 5th through the 10th, and that'll be here before you know it. But it's week 13. The Chargers are next up on the schedule. Joe Reedy from the AP will join us at 3.30 to break down uh, the Chargers and the expectations for this Sunday's game. At 4 o'clock, every Tuesday and Thursday, we have Lincoln Kennedy from the Raiders Radio Broadcast Network. Of course, former offensive lineman, Pro Bowl offensive lineman, the great Lincoln Kennedy. It's always great to catch up with him. We'll talk to him about this upcoming game. On Tuesdays, we always kind of recap the game that just happened on Sunday. And then on Thursdays, we talk about the upcoming games. So we talked about the Seahawks game on Tuesday with Lincoln. We'll talk about the Charger game with him at 4 o'clock. 
Closing things out as far as our guest lineup goes today, Vinny Bonsignor will join us. Of course, you can catch him every single uh, morning on the morning tailgate with Clay Baker and Heidi Fang from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. He'll join us. He's at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center right now checking out Raiders practice. They saw a little bit earlier today, saw that Nate Hobbs and Josh Jacobs were both out there practicing, so that's a, a big deal. That's a good thing. You know, yesterday they had a glorified walkthrough, so to see them actually out there practicing is a big deal. He's also going to be inside the Raiders locker room a little bit later uh, on this afternoon, so we'll try to get some sound from Vinny as he sent over plenty of stuff for us yesterday. Plenty of great locker room sound from Nate Hobbs, and I know Clay sent over Andre James. We also heard from Josh Jacobs, uh, Jakob Johnson. I mean, we, we had a lot of really good locker room sound. He said he's trying to aim to get Jerry Tillery. That'd be cool, especially since Jerry Tillery is going to be playing against his old team, the Chargers, this upcoming Sunday. So uh, hopefully Vinny's able to do that. If not, that's okay. <laughs> you know, we're not going to hold it against him after all the work that he put in on, uh, on Wednesday, but uh, we definitely appreciate Vinny, and he'll join us at 4.30. That'll be our guest lineup. So starting at 3 o'clock, Ted Wynn, then followed by Joe Reedy from the AP, Lincoln Kennedy at 4, Vinny Bonsignor at 4.30. So we got one hour long, one hour strong, Raider Nation, to really hear from you, both on the, the Dollar Loan Center, the DLC text line that we have going, the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R, and of course the phone lines as well, 702-365-9200. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So it's really funny how our shows kind of intertwine with each other and great minds think alike at times. And uh, JT earlier today had GM Dave Ziegler on on his show, which was fantastic, really good to listen to. And it's funny, heading into this week, earlier in the week, I believe it was... Maybe Friday, late late last week. I think I want to say it was Friday. Uh, Mike Silver, who's been covering the NFL for a very long time, he actually got about an hour to sit down with Dave Ziegler, and it was a really good show. It's called Open Mike, and I actually even reached out to Mike Silver, and I'll, I'll be the first to tell you, I'm not a big Mike Silver guy. I'm just I've just never been a big fan of his work, but I do appreciate what he does, and I understand that you know he talks to a lot of people in the league. He's been covering the league for a long time, so I can respect that. It's just not my go-to guy, but when I see Raiders GM Dave Ziegler on a show with them. I was like, yeah, well, let me check it out. Let me see how it all goes. And it was a really good show. So it's funny. We had some sound bites, and you'll actually hear some sound bites from that, that uh, show, that open mic show. You'll hear some this hour. It's funny. I had some sound bites that I wanted to play, and I've, hold, I've held on to them all week. And so today I was like, okay, Demond, I got a good idea. Let's uh, have some of those sound bites from GM Dave Ziegler. And then we heard JT have Dave Ziegler on. So I was like, oh, it's perfect. It all ties together because I just really wanted to talk about where people's confidence level was at this point, at this stage of the game, heading into week 13 of the regular season. It's really easy for fans to get upset when there's not early success. It's really easy for people to say in week 9 and week 10, hey, fire the coach, fire this guy, these guys stink, all this. But we all know that Rome wasn't built overnight, and we all know that a lot of people aren't going to see instant success. Now, there are some success stories across the league right now with first-year head coaches. They're doing really well. You know, Coach McDaniel in Miami is a perfect example, doing great out there. So, you know, I'm not going to say that nobody sees success right away, but sometimes the climb is a little bit slower, and we realize that, this staff, Dave Ziegler, Champ Kelly, uh, Josh McDaniels, they're all trying to not only build this team for success immediately in the short term, but also the long term. So I really, it's so funny, like I said, listening to JT talk to Dave Ziegler and hear what he had to say. 
I want to know what your confidence level was at this stage of the game with this new staff. And when I mean staff, I'm not just talking about the head coach because it's easy just to look at the head coach and say, okay, well, they've only won four games, so I, I think he stinks. I'm talking about the whole package, all the guys, Dave Ziegler, Champ Kelly, Josh McDaniels, Patrick Graham. I mean, I'm talking about everyone. How much? Where is your confidence level at right now? Has it changed any with the fact that they've put a couple victories under the belt and you can start to see uh, a little bit of, okay, this is what they're trying to do? Or maybe you don't see what they're trying to do. Maybe you're still saying, no, you know what? I still don't see the plan. And if you don't, that's okay, right? I'm, I'm okay with that. That's why I throw it out there and want to get your opinion. As I'm watching the last few weeks and as I'm seeing – you know, this team find ways to win games. It's not been, you know, the, the most pleasant on the eyes. Don't get me wrong. It hasn't been the, the prettiest victories. It hasn't been blowout victories where you can sit back at the end and be like, man, that's an easy dub right there. It hasn't been that style, right? I think we all could understand that. But they've still found ways to win and found ways to win on the road. I think that's a big deal. Right, because they hadn't won any games on the road until they went to Denver and picked up that W, and then all of a sudden they won back-to-back games on the road. So I just want to throw it out there to you. Where's your confidence level with this new staff? You know, are you are you more confident that things are heading in the right direction now? What's giving you that feeling? And if not, what is giving you that feeling that no, I'm not confident? Right? Like I said, it doesn't have to be a one-sided street. You can you can say no, I'm not feeling it. No, I'm not seeing it. I don't believe that it's going to work out. Or you can say, yeah, you know what? I'm starting to see. I'm starting to see the way that that, that this is is supposed to look, or what it's you know how how it should look when everything is right. And the other part of this is everything's not going to be right for a while. You know, we've talked in great detail about Hunter Renfro being out. We've talked in great detail about Darren Waller being out. We haven't seen Nate Hobbs in forever, right? It's been a long time. Maybe we'll see him out there on Sunday. That'd be a great, you know, a great return to the lineup. The Raiders clearly need him. We've talked about, you know, what the Raiders need, you know, what pieces they need to continue to build on. Again, it's not going to be built overnight. It's not going to be exactly what they want overnight, but with the pieces that they have, they definitely could win some games. And I've said it all season long, and I'll stick to it. There's definitely not a team on the schedule that I don't think that the, the Raiders could beat. I'll tell you right now, the rest of the way, I, if I'm looking at the schedule the rest of the way and I'm being 100% honest, the game that I think is the toughest game for the Raiders still is the 49ers on New Year's. I think that that's the toughest game that they're going to have the rest of the way. And look, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but as I just kind of look through the schedule and see who they have left, the 49ers look like the toughest team. I know Kansas City's a damn good team that last week of the season, but I've also seen the Raiders go toe-to-toe with the Chiefs, right? And a decision here, a decision there, maybe we're talking about a different outcome in week five before they went into the bye week. So I have a pretty good feeling that the Raiders could run with the Chiefs. I don't know what it looks like against the 49ers in that nasty defense that they have. That defense is something else. So that's the team that I look at and say, yeah, that one is going to be a real tough out. And who knows where they're at at that point of the season? Who knows where the Raiders are at at that point of the season? And again, that's why I'm saying I'm not trying to get too far ahead of myself at all. But just want to know how you're feeling. I'm, I'm seeing it be put together, but I don't want to influence you and say, oh, yeah, it's being put together. I want to hear from you and see what you think and see if you're starting to see kind of the blueprint and what they're trying to achieve and what the goal is and what Coach McDaniels is trying to do on the field and what Dave Ziegler and Champ Kelly are trying to do in the front office as far as bringing in personnel. So, DeMond, before we open it up at 702-365-9200 and before we open up the, the text line, the Dollar Loan Center text line, the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R, I want to ask you, are you, are you seeing the, the blueprint? Where's your confidence level right now with this staff? 
All right, Q, I'm going to give out a number for where my confidence level is. I'm going to go on a scale of 10. On a scale of 10, my confidence in what this staff is doing, I'm at a 7 right now. Where I see Okay, now why? Because I see what they're trying to do, and I see some of the things that that could happen, especially with this offense. Well, especially if everyone was healthy, I see that this offense would be lights out, in my opinion. And some of the reasons why it's a 7, where it's not there yet, I'm giving basically this is a C, where the defense is still struggling. Now, mm-hmm. that may be one of those things where when – getting addressed in the offseason where, hey, in the offseason, after some time, get some of the players that can fit Patrick Graham's defense. If that's going to be their plan to continue moving forward with Patrick Graham, then we can see, like, hey, now that they've got some of the guys that they want on the defense, we better see the improvement next season. Okay. No, that's fair. That's fair. So you're giving it a, a 7, which is basically a C. And I think that that's probably a – a good number, right? Maybe even a C minus, right? Again, because you have to have results as well, and the results just clearly aren't there. I mean, no, anyone who's alive will tell you the results aren't there. But I, I just, to me, I feel like I see, I see the guys that are going to be moving forward, and I see the guys that can help this team win. We know the guys on offense that can help them win. I feel like the offensive line is getting better. Should they probably still go out and invest and get a big-time offensive lineman, whether it's in the draft or it's in you know, free agency? Sure. Right. I think I would like to see a little bit more, uh, you know, just not quality depth, but just a, a, a real deal starter. Because, again, I know Jermaine Illuminor has done well as of late, but still the penalties that he has, uh, they, they concern me. Right. So I think that they still need to address the offensive line. And obviously, like you said, there's pieces on defense. But again, Based off of even what we've been seeing from the play calling, to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, it feels like the play calling in the last few games has even, like the playbook's opened up a little bit more. Like maybe these guys are starting to understand the basics, and once you get the basics in the base, it's like a tree, like I say all the time. It's a tree. You have the tree. How many branches can you build off the the, the tree? I feel like there's more branches starting to sprout off from this tree. Yeah, I think – Offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi mentioned that uh, yesterday when he spoke, when he was talking about Amir Abdullah specifically. But it's just what you said, uh, that these players, that they're now getting the playbook and it's opening up, and that's good to see. But on the play calling, there are still some hiccups when it comes to that. And also, I'm going to point out that fourth and one call on Sunday's game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and, and there's got to be... There's got to be some kind of consistency with what you're doing, some kind of rhythm with what you're doing. And I feel like Josh McDaniels has been pretty consistent and pretty, pretty spot on with what, with what, he's, uh, you know, what, what he's trying to do. But every once in a while, like that, that fourth and one call, where fourth and inches, excuse me, call, where it decides to you know, go with the pitch instead of you know, just trying to get it right up the gut. Even if you're not going to go with Derek Carr up the gut, like Lincoln said on the show on Tuesday, you know, the shortest, the shortest uh, you know, direction to, or the, the shortest trip to, from A to B is a straight line. Right, and so I would have much rather seen. Okay, give it to Josh Jacobs, let him pound up the middle. You know, even though again, the best answer in my opinion would have been the Derek Carr sneak. It just didn't happen. So yeah, just consistently, you want to see, you want to see some, you know, some more rhythmic play calls, right? So I think that you're right around the the right area. I think around the the C mark is good. And coming up at 2.30, we'll hear from GM Dave Ziegler. Got a couple sound bites that I want you to hear from that open mic show uh, with Mike Silver. But let's go ahead and go out to the phone lines right now. I just want to gauge your confidence level on this staff, the direction that this team is headed. Are you feeling better about it? Are you not feeling better? Why is basically it. That's, that's the big caveat right there. Why? Don't just call and say yes or no. 
Let me know why. 702-365-9200. Again, the don't be, don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R. I already got a few texts rolling in. We'll get to the call real quick. Who we got up first, Devon? H in Albuquerque. H, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Yo, what's up, Q? How you doing? Devon? Good, how are you? Good. I'm well, thank you. So let me just say, McDaniels, I was a little disappointed when he was hired. My first choice was Harbaugh. Okay. Uh, Harbaugh was a great uh, seemed to have a way to rally teams and turn them around quickly. But I came around before the season started. I came around to Ziggler and McDaniels. And, um, uh, you know, right now I'm feeling pretty good. I, I give them seven, seven and a half based on the okay. demand scale there. And um, I'm confident that they're headed in the right direction. But the one contention I have with them is every seemed, every staff seemed to do the same thing where they stripped down – the offensive line. Everybody in Raider Nation knew Carr needs protection. But every time they switch it up, they strip all those players away. I really wanted to see them sign uh, a free agent right tackle, like someone like Darrell Williams or whatever. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, they went and took just to rolled the dice on that starting lineup to begin with. And they're getting better, but I felt like things could have been much better to this point had they did better to address that right from the get-go. Great stuff, H. Thanks for uh, for the call. And, and, yeah, you know, I think that you're spot on when you say that. And I think that they realize that too, right? And and I know it's easy to say it now, but that was one of the priorities that we talked about all all offseason long, uh, even before, like, free agency opened up. It's like, okay, you got to go out and get uh, an offensive lineman. You got to go out and get a veteran offensive lineman. And I really do believe that they attempted to. Uh, and I think that – what was his name? Uh, Moses. Uh, Moses, that he was in – where was he at before? I forget where he was at before, but he didn't get signed, obviously, by the Raiders. I think he ended up going to Baltimore. I think he was the guy that was perfect, but he ended up going for more money than they wanted to spend. It might not be Baltimore that he went, but who, whatever the case may be, um, he was a, a – Morgan Moses? Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. Morgan Moses, he was a guy that I think most people had targeted for the Raiders to pick up in free agency, but uh, I think the money that, that uh, he ended up getting was more than, than the team wanted to spend. And when you hear from GM Dave Ziegler coming up in the next uh, in the next segment, he'll actually talk about free agency and how he's you know he's got a, a certain budget and what he's willing to spend and what he's not willing to spend. And I think that that's what happened with not only Morgan Moses but potentially other guys. Uh, you know, and, and obviously looking at it now, saying, well, maybe he should have just spent the extra money because that would have really helped the team out in a major way. I think it's easy to say now, but he has his principles. You know, Champ Kelly has his principles. They're they're set in a way that okay, this is what we're get, we're comfortable with doing, and this is what we're not comfortable with doing, and they're going to continue to do that. So uh, I think it's just something that Demond. I think you're just going to have to, you know, you just have to realize that that's that's how they do it, and they're not going to try to build everything through free agency. Yeah, because it's always with the splash free agencies, people only want to talk about the players that work out. No one wants to talk about, hey, if you miss on those guys with free agency. And also, you can, you can mention, hey, Chandler Jones, he hasn't been performing that well. But everyone that, gets, that got brought in through free agency, they had to basically build a whole new team. What was it, only 25 players remaining yeah, off of it, last year's roster? it wasn't roster? very many, no. There was a lot of one-year deals that were rolled out. Yeah, a so lot a lot of, of these guys deals. are basically free agents. So you can't just look at a Chandler Jones, and you can't just look at the players that maybe you wanted to be on your team and say, hey, Stephon Gilmore, he's doing well with the coach. Why don't we have him? Or Bradbury with the Eagles, why don't we have him? Those are two guys I picked out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't just say, like, oh, every, can't point at everybody because not everybody that was signed that Raider Nation wanted has been a hit for their new team. 
No, no, they haven't. And that's the, that's the problem with free agency. I mean, that's the, that's the nuts and bolts of free agency. You take a chance, you, right? You think that this guy's going to work out, and sometimes they do. Sometimes they're great. Right. There's been free agents that uh, the Raiders have picked up like Casey Hayward. Remember, they picked him up last year at the last at the end of free agency. And he was fantastic. But there's other guys that they've picked up in free agency and they haven't been worth the salt. So, I mean, that, that's unfortunately that's the problem. And we keep going back to the conversation we had with Andrew Brandt, longtime front office guy. We had him on right before the trade deadline. He said, you always have to be cautious with free agency because you don't. There's there's always a reason why that team is willing to let him go. Why is the reason why they're willing to let him go? And you have to be careful when you're throwing big money because that's all free agency is. It's throwing big money at someone who is no longer really desired by their current team. And so the question is always, why? 702-365-9200, that's the, t- that's the phone line. Who we got up next, Damon? Raider Mac. Raider Mac, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? What's up, Q? What's up, man? Hey, I, um, McDaniels wasn't my first pick. I, I wanted uh, – um, what's the name from the um, Jacksonville uh, Peterson? Oh, okay. That that was that was my pick. Uh, I thought he would have been bringing a little more calm and you know the more more locker room. You know, not not too much. It seems like that locker room is, is just still tight. I mean, I know they having fun because they win, but you remember the wins are against two wins against. Denver and and a Seattle team that's pretty good. So you know, I give them a I give them a six. Okay. I give them a six. Um, the biggest thing to me is that McDaniel's oh, he he he, he got to get out of his way. It was fourth and one. I'm with Demar. Just quarterback sneak. Why are, why are you trying to do too much? Sometimes you out there. To me, he I'll thinks. Think. He's the, Yep. He thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. And that is that that's from afar. I know you know you see him up close and stuff. I mean, he seems like a you know, he got that that Bill Belichick, you know, that mentality at the press conference where they, they just answer and they just say what it's like scripted. It it don't seem like he's a real person that you can talk to. It just seems like he's a robot to me. And and my biggest thing is 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 the um the uh, as far as the free agency, I, I Stop getting all these free agents. The, the the Casey Hayward, there was no reason to let that that guy go. There was no reason. We don't. And Racine, I think I think uh, uh, the um, Colts got a better a better deal on that. And uh, I, I'll go off the air. I think there are five. They're getting better, but they still a long ways to go. Not just on defense. Everybody keeps concentrating on the defense, but the offense. I know we scored forty, but go back and look. We were struggling to score points. Before that, so I'll give him a five, and we can go from there. Okay, sounds good. Raider Mac, thanks for the call. Hey, man, you leave him on the phone too much longer, he was going to be at a zero. He started out at a six, then he got to a five. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we left Raider Mac on about five more minutes. He'd be like, you know what, damn it? They're at a zero for me. (laughs) No, but I do appreciate the call. And a couple things there. Uh, You know, as far as I think all offensive coordinators or play callers in general, I think sometimes they try to outsmart the – the room, right? Sometimes, you know how they say keep it simple, stupid, the kiss method, just keep it simple, stupid? Sometimes you just got to keep it simple. You know, and I think sometimes guys try to outsmart them because it's like, well, if we quarterback sneak that play, everyone knows that's going to happen, so I'm going to throw them off by pitching it out to J.J., right? And so sometimes it's like, no, you probably could have just, you know, kept it, kept it simple. And, and, and picked it up. I think that that is not a McDaniels thing. I don't think that that's a Gruden thing. I think that's a every offensive coordinator or every play caller thing. 
And that's just because you're trying to play chess, right? You're trying to set up a play in the first quarter for a play in the fourth quarter. You know, like Devontae Adams, his, his walk-off touchdown catch that he had against Denver a couple weeks ago, that same play they ran in the first quarter. But it wasn't – he didn't run it, run it the same way to close it out, right? He, he broke it off and went back the other way where he kept crossing the field. But it was the same play design. So it's like sometimes plays are set up in the first quarter – to set something else up in the fourth quarter. So uh, I, I feel like play callers in general get in their own way. And I'll, I'll say this about McDaniels and, and him talking at the pressers, and I know that I'm, I'm there every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday when he talks. I think he's very personable. I, I really do. And maybe this is just, just me being you know, biased or whatever because I'm there and, I, and I, I get to hear from him more often than not. But he definitely seems like a guy that if I walked into Buffalo Wild Wings tomorrow, which I'll be at Buffalo Wild Wings in South Durango, and Josh McDaniels was sitting there, I feel like I could sit down next to him, grab a beer, and, and just talk. And he would talk. And he would just, you know, uh, talk football, talk other things. I mean, he talks about his kids' football all the time. I mean, he talks about, you know, his kids playing soccer. I, I don't know. It, to me, the, the perception I had of Josh McDaniels before I actually got to sit in the room and, and listen to Josh McDaniels talk to the perception I have of him now is totally different. I was one of those that was like, oh, gosh, you're going to get a New England guy. The pressers are going to suck. He's not going to give you anything. Every answer is going to be yes, no, look, go look at a film. We're just here to – you know, like I thought it was going to be real dry and very Belichick-like. But even, even going back to the presser he had on, I believe, Wednesday when he was talking about – no, I think it was Monday. It was one of those two days. I'm sorry, they all come together at some point. But he was talking about that fourth and inches play. He literally went into a two-minute explanation of what was going through his mind when he decided to call that play. Now, most coaches would have been like, you got to give the defense credit for making a good play. It was a good play call. J.J. had a great game, as you could tell. He ran for he had over 200-some yards on the ground. Giving him the ball is not a bad idea. Like, that's how he could have summed it up in about 15 seconds and moved on. He broke it down two minutes' worth of why and what was going through his head. So I think, honestly, I think he's been pretty personable. I really do, and, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But as far as just him and, and the way that he's been interacting, I think he's been okay. Let's get one more quick call in. Uh, Carlos and Whittier, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, what's up, fellas? How are you? Good, chilling. All right, man. So, you know, um, from 1 to 10, man, I got to say, I'm, a, I'm about a 4.5, 5 also. Okay. Um, you know, I mean – if you really look at it, bro, we, we beat two two bad teams the last two weeks, you know? We haven't been beating anybody. That you beat a team in first us. place, brother. Seattle's yeah. in first place, or they were in first place. Yeah, yeah, you, you, yeah you're right. He, they are in first place. But, you know, if, I mean, I don't, I don't think Geno Smith is somebody to say, oh, wow, you know, we, we, we beat a good quarterback. But I just want to okay. – I haven't seen a good I haven't seen a good win yet, you know, like a good, okay. a good win where you say, you know what, this coaching staff's turning the corner. We beat a good team, you know. Um, you know, like I said, that's that's where I'm looking at it. And then, uh, you know, uh, another thing, uh, our schedule, I mean, you know, from going out from forward on out, I don't think we're going to be able to beat the Niners and the Chiefs, man, to be honest. A lot of people are saying, you know, we might beat them and this and that. But in my opinion, man, I mean, I don't know. So that's that's just my – I'm about a five right now. So that's, okay. that's, my, that's me right there. No, that's fair. Hey, good call, Carlos. Great to hear from you, man. Make sure you uh, hit us up again. No, that's fair. I was I was just asking, you know, because it's easy to look and be like, man, those are two bad teams. 
Um, and, and Denver is a bad team. And Seattle, I would have told you they were going to be a bad team at the beginning of the season, and that's before they end up going on this nice run with Geno Smith. Now they have one, lost two in a row. Maybe they fall off right here. Maybe they're not worth a damn, and they were just really fool's gold. You know, that could be the case. But, you know, the Raiders beat them. They were tied for first. Now, I'm not saying that that's the end-all, be-all. This is a, a, a big test coming up this Sunday at Allegiant Stadium, and I don't think the Chargers are all that. But they've got six wins as well. They're sitting there in second place. They're right behind, uh, you know, they're right behind Kansas City, and, and I don't believe anyone's going to catch Kansas City. But you know, I think the Chargers will be a good test. I think it's a team that's very beatable. But I, I, again, like I said, a, a very big test with a, a good quarterback and Justin Herbert coming to town, and they do have some good weapons. Even though all their guys aren't healthy, they have some guys that can get it done. So I, I like it, Carlos. I, I think that's okay. Look, and that's why I asked the question. You know, DeMond said about a seven. I think a se- anywhere from six to seven is, is very fair. But if you call in and say a five or a four, that's okay too because at the end of the day, the team has four wins. So if you're one that just says, hey, you know what? I want to hold it to the standard of win games and then I'll give you some credit, that's fine. That's very much understood and acceptable. 228 is the time. When we come back, we'll continue to take your calls and get your texts as well. 702-365-9200 and of course the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187 keyword R&R. Where's your confidence level at this with this new staff now? Do you feel like they're heading the right direction? What is giving you that feeling, good or bad? Let us know about it. Plus, you'll hear a couple sound bites from GM Dave Ziegler on the up, uh, on the uh, open mic show with Mike Silver on Radio Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Coming up at 3 o'clock, Ted Wynn from The Athletic. We'll do a little film work with Ted, a little film breakdown. It's always good to catch up with him. You can find him on Twitter at FB underscore Film Analysis. This is Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. My man DeMond Cotton is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio, and we want to hear from you, Raider Nation. Your time to shine, 702-365-9200. Also, the don'tbebroke.com text sign 69187, keyword R&R. Where's your confidence level at with this new staff that things are headed in the right direction? Or maybe they're not. What is giving you that feeling, good or bad? Let us know why. That is what we want to hear from you. Mailman Raider say on the text line, Q. From the start of the season, I thought it would be a slow start. Now, I didn't think it'd be this slow, but it's finally looking like it's starting to come together. Week six-ish, I was starting to lose faith in this Josh McDaniels experience, but they pulled me back, and I have hope for next season. We need to keep the momentum going into the offseason. And you're right, uh, mailman, things have been slow. It got off to a slow start. Matter of fact, it got off to such a slow start, I don't think that the front office and coaching staff thought it was going to be this slow of a start. When you go out and make a move for Devontae Adams, you go in and bring a Chandler Jones, you have Joshua Daniels pressing the buttons on the sideline, everything's going to be great, right? Well, it hasn't. Here's Dave Ziegler on the Open Mic Show with Mike Silver talking about being a little frustrated because of the way that things were getting off to that slow start and have been a little slow. Yeah, I think so. And, and you know, there's probably a lot of different variables you, you can pinpoint. Um, at the end of the day, like, you know, we haven't won enough. And so none of us have done a, a you know, a good enough. None of us are slapping our, ourselves on the back saying we've done a good job up to that this point, you know, um, in all the areas that we need. Now, we've done a good job in, with specific things in certain areas. But, um, yeah, there's been some, you know, there's been some challenges along the way and, you know, nobody wants to hear excuses and things like that. And so all, any reason that you would give, obviously it looks as an excuse, 
You know what I mean? Um, but I would say like, there's always the element of, you know, in, in football in general, I think when you're, when you're building the team um, and whether you're, whether you're new to an organization or not, there's all, always the element of like, if we have the opportunity to improve the team and get a Devonte Adams and improve the team uh, with a high quality player that fits kind of what we're looking for in terms of the traits and all that stuff, you know, those are opportunities that we want to take advantage of. We're still building a team at the same time. And I think you're always still building a team, but you also want to try to, um, you know, win games. You want to try to win games now too. And, and so you trying to find the balance of, you know, spending and, and, and acquiring players to, um, you know, improve the, improve the team in the immediate future, but also making moves and doing some things on the side to kind of build out a long range because you know, you have to build it. We don't have every single piece, you know, here. It just, that's not how, you know, that's not the reality of the NFL. And so, you know, we lost a bunch of close games. You know, we lost the game to Arizona in overtime. Um, you know, we lost, um, we threw the, threw a couple passes into the end zone against Tennessee trying to win that game. Um, Kansas city, we had a ball, you know, had the ball with a chance to score and we just haven't been able to get it done, you know, quite frankly for, you know, you know, there's every game, there's different reasons why those don't think those things don't happen. But, you know, those, um, you know, when you have those things, it takes a toll too, you know, on your, on your mentals. Um, in terms of like just naturally when you lose those many, you know, quick games and you're, you're also at the same time trying to assimilate a, a bunch of different people together. Uh, sometimes a hot start can cover up a lot of different growing pains that you have with the new regime and a new organization. And we've had to go through those here on the front end. Um, and I, you know, what I'm hopeful for, and I think what we're hopeful for is that we're, we're able to continue to progress and show some improvement here as we go. And some of that improvement, Mike's going to be seen on the field. Some of it's never going to be seen on the field. Some of it's stuff that's happening in the building, you know, whether it's uh, about accountability, whether it's about improving the attention to detail in the organization, whether it's, um, you know, building your, your practice habits, the scouting system, how we get you know, um, you know, the emphasis we put on character and background research and how we've changed some of those things. And so I think we're doing a lot of good things um, that are foundational pieces that you have to have to be successful in the NFL, uh, a relationship between a head coach and a GM who are on the same page, who are working together in a harmonious relationship and some of those things. So I think we have a lot of good things that are being built um, that I know you have to have in place to win in the future. Um, we need to do some better things on Sunday um, to, to win football games. And, and that's the reality because that's what everybody wants to see. And that's what you're judged on. And so, you know, we're going to keep, you know, keep pushing and keep being critical of ourselves and keep looking at our processes and how we can improve it and evaluate and evolve as we go. And like, that's like, that's what we have to do. So that was, I believe, on Friday of last week. So that was before the Seattle game. So uh, just kind of give you a little bit of point of reference where that was coming from. Again, Dave Ziegler from the Open Mic Show with Mike Silver. And if you missed Dave Ziegler earlier today, he was on with JT the Brick, our very own JT the Brick, which is awesome that we're having these kind of conversations on the heels of him being on with JT. If you missed that conversation, uh, do not hesitate to go to lvsportsnetwork.com and check it out. Again, the JT the Brick Show in the first hour had GM Dave Ziegler on. So, again, all this tying together. But I thought that that was a really great, lengthy breakdown on 
really the plan in place and, and how things got off slow. And, you know, it was a little frustrating for the, the front office and the coaching staff and obviously the players. But, you know, one of the things that Dave Ziegler said right there, and this is why when people say, well, they just need to lose the rest of the games and worry about a higher draft pick. You know why you don't do that is what Dave Ziegler said. Losing wears on people's mentals. And, that's what, and that's, that affects the players in the locker room more than anything. They hear all the noise. They'll tell you that they don't hear anything, but they hear it all. They hear about this guy's underachieving, that guy's underachieving, this team sucks. This, I mean, look, that was one of the motivating factors behind the game on Sunday against Seattle is the fans that were there in Seattle talking about 3-8, and eight, not bad for a team with no talent, right? And that was just a sign that was made. And, you know, that was even a point of reference. Not saying that that was the only reason why the Raiders went in there and won the game and Josh went off for 303 total yards. But, you know, every little thing, is get, it gets picked up by, by these guys, right? They hear everything. They see everything. They know what they're expected to do. They knew what the expectations were. As much as every single player, coach, trainer, whatever it was, anyone who works in that building, the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, every single one of them, all offseason, all training long, training camp long, all preseason, everyone tried to temper the expectations. Demond, we did not have one player on the show that was like, yeah, you know what? We're going to be awesome this year. We have all these players. We're going to go out there. Our offense is going to fly high. And no matter how many times we asked, because I know I asked them many times, Hey, how how big do you th- or how how explosive do you think this offense could be? Uh, you know, Devontae, it, it it looks great on paper. We got to go out there and do. It. I mean, every single one of them to a T. Nobody fell for the banana in the tailpipe. Yeah, they didn't, and I'm glad you brought that up because we had so many players on in the offseason, and in the offseason training camp, we, I'll, I'll, I'll say we for that one, we were like, hey, this team, the sky is the limit. Yeah, but yeah. the players, they always corrected us. Like mm-hmm. you said, hey, Devontae Adams, hey, good on paper. This yeah. team's good on paper. And I'm not saying that this that the players were expecting a season like this, but this goes to show that, hey, you can't you can't be buying into your own hype. No, and you don't win in the, in the, in the offseason. You don't win games in the offseason. You don't win games in the preseason. Even if you win in the preseason, you don't win games in, in, in the preseason. It's all about what happens in the regular season, right? Between September and now January, that's what ultimately matters. Going back out to the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Rob in Oakland said about four weeks ago, my confidence level was 3 out of 10. The on-field play was uninspiring. People were calling for Josh McDaniels to be fired, and things felt like they were on the brink of falling apart. A couple of weeks ago, Coach McDaniels opened up an oppressor about the long-term plan and the short-term struggles, and I gained confidence that there's a solid plan in place. I'm up to a 6.5 out of 10 after listening to Dave Ziegler. I think the free, uh, front office knows the game of football, modern ro- roster construction, and characteristics of a winning culture. Yet again, I have to put it on myself to be patient. By the way, I've never enjoyed Mike Silver's work either. That's Robin Oakland. And, again, I don't know what it is about Silver. I don't, I don't want to sound disrespectful. I respect everyone in our industry because it's not easy. I've just, just, just never been a fan of him. It just seems like something that's always kind of, I don't know, just rubbed me the wrong way or whatever. But I do recognize when, you know, great work is done. And I felt like on this show that he did, and I had no problem hesitating to reach out to him and, and telling him, hey, fantastic work and demond you even kind of were surprised you're like wow you guys had a had a conversation or you know you guys had a had a, a text exchange because he's he's gotten into friction with people on this station before i mean i remember even before i was here he got into it and was putting it out on twitter and i mean there was there was some real beef there at one point uh, yeah, i'm with, surprised that he didn't put your conversation on twitter and say it hey, would have been it would have been just fine i mean he could have put it out there look at this guy wanting me to come on his show ha huh. Hey, well, like, apparently, I, I saw that he did that before, and I thought that that was kind of silly. It was but, me. Oh, that was you? <laughs> was it you that he did that to? 
I didn't realize it was you that you did it to. I'm the I, schmuck. I, I remember. <laughs> I remember when that happened. I just didn't know it was you. My bad. I brought up old memories, man. My bad. My bad. I'm giving due props to Demond's. Like, Rrr. yeah, you ain't too. Let's go out to the phone lines. Let's go on and move on from that. 702-365-9200. New England Raider. I know you know this front office. So, how do you feel about the about things are going? Welcome to the show. Hey, Q, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. Hey, it's been a couple of months since I've called, but I want you to know that I there hasn't been a show that I've missed. There hasn't been a podcast that I've missed, and I appreciate all the content that you guys all put out on Raider Nation Radio, especially for us out here in the East Coast. So, I, again, I do appreciate you both, or appreciate you all. Appreciate you, brother. Uh, so, um, I'll just get right to it, man. So, you know, I'm from New England. I've, I've watched Josh McDaniels. For, you know, inadvertently my entire life, you know, living here. And I was so excited when the duo came out to, uh, to, to Raider Nation. I, I thought, you know, they, these were going to be the, 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 the cogs that were really going to run this machine. And honestly, like, it, it is, you know, we, we've been talking about the whole, this team is so good on paper. There were so many New England Patriot rosters that were not that great on paper. Now, get, don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I know Tom Brady was on the team. I know Bill Belichick is there. But realistically, there were so many rosters that weren't that great, but yet they were continuously going to the playoffs, going to the Super Bowl, going to the playoffs, going to the Super Bowl. And so when these two came out to the Raiders, uh, Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, I'm thinking to myself, like, there's no reason for why we are not a postseason team. And I, I, you know, I, you know, so when we started losing, I was at like a three and I'm starting to get more to like a five now to a six. But the reason why I'm not that high is that we've lost way too many games, too many nail biters that I just never saw that happen in New England. Mm -hmm. So it just has me wondering what, what's the disconnect here? Um, So I don't have a lot of confidence right now. Uh, because I just I, I'm not understanding why it's not translating. I'm just missing that. Uh, thank you so much for taking my call. I'm going to be out there in two weeks for the Raider New England game, and I nice. can't wait to see you all out there. Absolutely, come see us at the torch. I'll be doing the pre pre show, and JT the Brick and Eric Allen will be doing the official pre game show. We'd love to meet you. We'd love to talk with you. So definitely uh, come see us. Thank you for the call, and that's fair. Right? I mean, again, that was one of the biggest stats that were rolling around forever, right? About the, the Raiders and their one-score losses that they had had since the, exception of, uh, the, the inception of the team in 1960 to, to now. It was like five. And then all of a sudden they had lost, what, uh, or not a one-score lead, 17-point leads. That's what it was. They had lost, they had had 17-plus point leads, and they had lost them uh, since, the, since the team was a team, and it was five total times. And then this season it had already been three times. And so that was a big, a big uh, you know, red flag about what the hell's going on. So, no, I totally get it, you know. And, and the good thing for the Raiders is, even though they were 0-6 in, in uh, one-score games, now they've won the last two one-score games. You know, as they've have they had two walk offs, so maybe they're starting to turn the corner. But to be a little skeptical is not is not a problem. It's totally understandable. So Raider Nation, we definitely want to hear from you. We got a lot of good texts that we'll get to seven zero two three six five nine two hundred. A lot of good ones. Even our good friend Raider Dave in Vegas hit us up. We'll have to talk about that one is next as well. But uh, let us know where's your confidence level with this staff. Are you feeling like it's heading in the right direction, good or bad? I mean, it doesn't matter. Whatever you think is all good with us. Just let us know. Again, seven zero two three six five nine two hundred six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. It's Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. 
It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Wanted to get your confidence level with this staff right now as it stands heading into week 13. The fact that the Raiders have reeled off two wins in a row, overtime victories. Just want to know where you stand with this new staff, right? Good, bad, ugly. You could be at a 10, you could be at a 2. That's it's it's why it's all on you. 702-365-9200. Don'tbebroke.com text sign is 69187 keyword R&R. Before we go back to the phone lines, though, I did want you to hear one more sound for GM Dave Ziegler. Again, he was on with Mike Silver, the open mic show. Thought this was a really good one about not only building a team to win right now, but trying to build a team to have sustained success. Yeah, I think so. And 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 I like you said it, that sustained success um, that they've had in New England is what um, a lot of people strive for. And that's what we're striving for. And a lot of teams across the league are striving for um, that, sustained, that sustained success. And, and so, yeah, I learned a lot during that time of like, you know, patience, building your roster through the draft, um, you know, or alternative ways, you know, whether it's a trade or whether it's a guy off a practice squad or a player that was cut from their team and things like that. And um, just being calculated in free agency and, and, and trying to find the right guy that fits a specific role for your team. And, 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 and when there's an opportunity to strike, um, you know, at one point uh, well, while I was in New England, we signed Gilmore, you know, stuff on Gilmore to, to a big deal at the time. Uh, and, and, and he was the right player. He was a young player. You know, he, you, we invested in a, a young player that was, I think, you know, 25, 26, was still ascending, really good character traits, uh, really good football traits. And um, those guys are few and far between in free agency. Those guys usually don't get to free agency um, in a lot of cases. And so um, that was a really smart signing by Bill at the time. And it proved to be really valuable for New England. So, again, there's a balance there. I don't want to say that you don't do anything. Um, I just think you want to be, you, you know, you want to be calculated. And, 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 and we were able to do that in New England because there was a lot of years um, where there was a lot of good drafts, the McCordys. The High Towers, Jamie Collins, you know, going back for way farther from when I was there, Vince Wilfork, and you know, there was a lot of these poor, poor players that were there where you didn't have to feel like you were going to free agency to build your team. Boom, there it is right there. I think that that's one of the most important, you know, few words that he could have said is that, you know, they had that sustained success because they were able to hit on the draft uh, and hit a lot of players in the draft, and then they were able to fill a few holes in free agency. They were allowed to do that. When you don't hit on the draft, when you miss out on a bunch of first-round picks, second-round picks, those early guys, your depth is going to take a huge hit. And when it does, then all of a sudden you're out there and you're opening up your wallet and you're trying to bring in as many free agents as possible, but you won't be able to have sustained success that way because, again, you're, you're signing someone else's, well, they didn't want, right? They didn't want this player for a reason. So either they're at the end of their career and it's all, you're only going to get a one- to two-year run out of them or you know maybe you won't get anything good out of them because they're already uh, past their better days. So, I mean, you, it's so critical to try to build that team through the draft. Let's talk to Hardcore Raider. What's on your mind, brother? Welcome to the show. Thank you. What's going on, man? Chilling, man. Chilling. Hey, a quick, quick question for you. What was Seattle's uh, defense rate for turnovers before he played them? Um, I don't know off top. Yeah, so th- their defense is up there as far as turnovers go. So, I mean, you know, this team wasn't no scrub that we just played. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know uh, Geno Smith had like 328 yards passing, so like that stat don't look good. But, I mean, we played a really good team. So, like, I, th- I definitely think we should tip our hat to uh, the Raiders' offense, especially Derek Carr, for 
you know, b- being able to throw a couple interceptions and then overcome it, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, as far as, like, the, you know, when you throw an interception like that, like, the reality is I think a lot of us forget is, like, if you're going to take chances, like, you're going to get some interceptions. So if you want the big plays, you want some of those home run plays, you're going to have to take chances. And sometimes it ends in, uh, you know, interceptions, you know. But, <clears throat> you know, one of the things I was thinking about what you said was um, about, like, people saying tank for draft pick or whatever. Well, the other part of that is, too, if you go to free agency and you're trying to get players, if you have a terrible schedule or, ter- sorry, terrible record, I mean, a lot of those players you're going to have to overpay to get. You know, most good players aren't going to want to go to, you know, a failing team. So right. I think that's important context for us to remember. And then as far as your, like, your question, I mean, you know, I had to lower my expectations, you know, I won't lie. But part of it was that, you know, what I didn't take into consideration, I really thought about Bilicek and when he was on the Browns so a long time ago, but you know, Nick Saban was on that coaching staff and stuff, but you know, a lot of the coaches, we got our coach late as far as like coaches that were available. And we brought in a lot of coaches who had like some experience, but they weren't exactly proven coaches. So, you know, our coaches are learning on the fly too. And so like for me, like, I had to take that into consideration as well because a lot of these guys, you know, are developing as well as far as our coaching staff and our players. So, you know, if I take that into consideration, then, you know, as long as we keep seeing improvement, I mean, I, wanna, I want some wins for sure, but as long as we keep seeing improvement and especially second-half adjustments, like I felt like we've seen these last uh, few games, I mean, that's the McDaniels I wanted to see from day one. All right, good stuff. Thanks for the call, my man. I appreciate you. Got to hustle back out to the phone lines real quick. We got Ted Wynn coming up at the top of the hour. How about Joe in Vegas? Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Joe? Hey, hey Q. I tell you what, man. I We have to believe in Josh. I think he's doing a good job. Um, I rate him about a seven and okay. stuff like that. So he can shoot. We, you, can, you can't rate him too high because there's always room for improvement. The team is starting to get – are coming together. They're playing hard. You see the coaches now, they're coaching more. They're talking on the sidelines during the game. I think that's important. They had to learn how to be coaches themselves. And, you know, Josh, his run in Denver, he's probably nervous, don't want to make the same mistakes like he did in nervous, you know. So you got to give these guys time. Like we keep on saying, Rome wasn't built in a day, and it wasn't. Football does not start until after Thanksgiving. It's after Thanksgiving, we got two wins. We got a big game on Sunday. Every season ticket holder needs to be in there. People need to, to not start cheering in the fourth quarter. They need to cheer in the first quarter. First down, second down, third down on defense. People need to be standing up, cheering, getting loud, getting that defense up, and getting them moving and stuff. Big game on Sunday. I'm ready to rock. Oh, we lost him. <laughs> He's ready to rock, and then all of a sudden the, the phone decided it was going to rock out. Thank you, Joe, for the call. Do appreciate you. And, yeah, it is a big game. I think, you know, anyone who's talking about the teams that they haven't played or they played haven't been very good, the ones that they won, that's fine. Uh, you know, you can look at them however you want to, but I think everyone would agree that this Chargers team is, is pretty decent, right? I don't think that they're world beaters, but I do think that they have some pretty quality talent. And then, of course, it's an AFC West opponent, so it is a big game coming up on Sunday against the L.A. Chargers. Coming up next, we're going to turn our attention to a little bit of film room. Ted Wynn from The Athletic will join the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.